Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Jerry's floating around out there somewhere, and Dave C. is here in spirit, so the gang is all ready to go with Short Stuff. Let's talk about funerals, baby. Let's talk about you being dead. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that happen to your head after you die. Yeah. Man, we should just stop and end this episode because it'll be the best episode in the history of this show. All right. Well, that's it for short stuff, everybody. <laughs> short stuff is out. Oh, wait. We got to stop for an ad break. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about funerals, and we've talked a little bit about this stuff over the years in our death suite, and I think we actually did one on things to do with a dead body way back in the day. Oh, yeah, we've talked a lot about this kind of stuff. But the notion uh, that we're tackling today is that since the 1960s and up until the 1960s, Americans, uh, and especially American Christian people, had one kind of funeral, and that was largely dictated, um, a.k.a. shoved down our throats by the funeral industry. (laughs) If you wanted to fit in in America, you had to to be presented upon your death in a certain way. And that meant being embalmed, put in a suit or a dress, whatever your preference was, um, and be presented in a casket, usually open for like your friends and family to dress in black and come kind of grieve over you. And it was a very solemn, unhappy affair. What was the, when was the last time, not to get too personal, but that you had to go to an open casket, uh, casket scene? I, I don't remember, honestly. Um, it's been a while for me. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't remember because it is kind of like old school, you know, but, you know, it still happens every once in a while. I don't remember, Chuck, but, I mean, I have been ever since I was a little kid. My mom was like, it's time for you to learn about death. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm only two. She's like, yeah, it's a little late, frankly. Yeah, all I know is the last few that I've been to, and, in fact, most that I've ever been to, which haven't been that many, uh, I have always just been like, you know, like, do you want to go up and say goodbye to your grandmother? And I've always been like, nope, I've, I've done that in my head, in my heart. So I, I do not need to go see that weird, powdery, waxy figure that looks nothing like her in real life. <laughs> do you want to go smell grandma's hair one last time? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I've never been into it, and, and we're both kind of on record with that over our shows over the years. But uh, this whole thing uh, started to kind of change with a book in 1963 that I kind of want to read now from yeah. Jessica Mitford called The American Way of Death, where she really kind of exposed um, the U.S. funeral home industry as being not so great. Yeah, basically she she portrayed it as a, an entire industry built around taking um, advantage of people in a really predatory way yeah. uh, during a, a really— um, uh, vulnerable moment when they're grieving, when they're at their weakest, these these skulls come in and start being like, well, of course you need this, and the deceased would want that. And, the platinum and package. Cha-ching, 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 <laughs> right? They've yeah. got like the the cash register dollar sign cartoon wolf eyes. Um, that's basically how she portrayed it. It was a really, um, I think she wrote an article at first and it got very little attention and then it was turned into a book. I think she went on TV and it ended up becoming a book and, and really had a huge effect on how people viewed funerals from that point on. Yeah, and I guess maybe we should just caveat this now and say if we have listeners that work in the funeral industry, we're not coming after you here. This was a book that was written in the 1960s, and we realize it's a business, a for-profit business, and upselling is part of that business. And it just takes on a bit of a, I guess, 
sort of an untoward feeling when it's dealing with people while they're grieving, but that's mm-hmm. also the business you're in. So I'm not just, I'm not slamming you if you work for, if I have one across the street. They're very nice people. I live across from a funeral home that's lovely. Mm-hmm. But um, having said that, Stop it. No. Things have changed a lot over the years. Uh, in the 1960s, the cremation rate was 3%, right. and, uh, which is astounding. And now it's 51%, and it's going to go up to about 57 or 58% by 2022, it seems like. Yeah. And that, that was a big effect that Mitford had with her book, The American Way of Death. It was like like you just did not get cremated before then and then all of a sudden and she by the way she she uh had a very cheap funeral including being cremated um i read that she spent less than i think $800 in today's dollars oh nice um on her own funeral um but but because of this it kind of made it like okay to not go through all this rigmarole and to not even, like, preserve the body. And I was reading about that, preserving the body. Like, there's this idea that um, that had been around for a really long time. Like, I don't know if it was so that you looked your best when when God tell, told everybody to stand up in their graves and be judged or <laughs> what. Peter. But Peter. Yeah, yeah, that guy. But apparently it was um, Abraham Lincoln that really kicked off the American trend for embalming. Um, he had his son embalmed. He was a big devotee of embalming. And then when he was embalmed and he made a whistle-stop tour after death, that was like the first time a lot of Americans ever saw an embalmed body. And like it basically started this trend that lasted for a good century or more. Yeah, so let's take a break, and we'll talk about kind of uh, how this cultural shift fit in with all the other cultural shifts that were happening in the 1960s right after this. All right, so 1960s come along. This book is written in the early 60s. The counterculture counterculture arrives. People start doing drugs, start exploring different kinds of spirituality, uh, including what they think about the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And sort of one of the natural things that happened was funerals started to change a little bit to compare, you know, to kind of lean toward more what we think of them uh, today in today's terms. Yeah, that was a big part of it. You know, this this idea of, um, you know, taking acid and, and thinking about being embalmed is not, they don't really go hand in hand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. It's a really easy way to decouple yourself from the traditional ideas yeah. of funerals is to take LSD. I only inject heroin into my body, ban, <laughs> not <laughs> right. uh, formaldehyde. Exactly. <laughs> so um, that was a big part of it in addition to Mitford's book. I think her book came at a really, like, good time. Totally. I think it had an impact because the the general um, awakening of people and the movement away from religion in a lot of ways, not necessarily away from spirituality, but, um, you know, there's this guy that's interviewed in this How Stuff Works article who uh, is the, um, I think, the dean of religious studies at Emory University. So he's like big wig, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Gary Lauderman. And he points out that... Um, that if you are talking about religion, like religion's bread and butter, its basic business is death in the afterlife. So it has all sorts of um, ideas and and um, very clear guidelines about how you're supposed to behave upon death 
and how your body's supposed to be treated upon death. And if you're religious, you follow those. But if, uh, as a country, America started to get less and less religious, those kind of um, constrictions fell away, too. Yeah. And, you know, the idea that um, the other thing, a big thing that's changed and, and changed things funeral-wise is it used to be very vague in your will. Like, funerals were just kind of done one way. So when you died, that was expected. And starting in the 60s and definitely in the past couple of decades, people have gotten way, way more specific in their what they want, like for their own funeral arrangements. And it's leaned more toward, and they've even changed the nomenclature from funeral service uh, to memorial service, and then eventually the celebration of life. And things have just gotten a lot less rigid, a little lighter and more celebratory. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wear black. I want you to play, you know, craft uh, work. And I want alcohol served, and I want it to be outdoors and scatter my ashes in my favorite you know, dog park. And then, Chuck, so if you're if you're running a funeral home these days, you're trying to keep up with this crazy, changing, wacko time um, for how funerals are carried out, or sorry, celebrations of life are carried out. Um, you you have to kind of get more creative now than you, you did before. Uh, and I came across a blog post on funeralone.com or funeralone.com, depending on how you want to say it. And it's, I think, like 20-something creative ideas for a, a funeral. One of them, number 10 really sticks out to me. They Now, they point out, as long as it, it wasn't a tragic death, you can insert a bit of humor by um, ha- passing out Mad Libs <laughs> for, for people to create about the about the deceased. Okay, sure. And I think it's smart of them to caveat that as long as it wasn't a tragic loss, because that definitely does kind of change the tone of something. Even today, even in today's, you know, whacked out, alcohol-fueled uh, celebrations of life, if it's a, a tragedy that, that led to the death, it's, it's still going to be pretty somber. This is typically for things like, um, you know, somebody who, um, who, I don't know, where their death wasn't wasn't a tragedy. I don't think there's really any other way to put it. Yeah. What else you or got? Create, create, number 14, create a memorial hashtag. <laughs> okay. Hashtag They're, too soon. They, they give an example. <laughs> hashtag remembered Grandma Smith. Okay. But they've shortened Grandma to GMA. All right. So it could also be remembered Good Morning America. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, we settled on, uh, I know you've changed your mind since then, but you were going to be shot out of a cannon or something. Yeah. And then I was always into the sky burial and Emily was just like, nah. Like, I, I'll, I'll yeah. make you into a tree, but I don't, I don't want vultures eating you, for God's sakes. Sky burial is pretty hardcore, man, for sure. Um, yeah, I used to, to, to really be uh, into myself. <laughs> so I wanted to be shot out of a cannon. Now I'm like, I think I'd just rather be cremated and spread somewhere nice. <laughs> okay. So uh, I've got one more for you. Yeah, what you got? Um, number 17, celebrate life fun with bubbles. So, you know, mm. basically what they're saying is the funeral industry has gone into the wedding industry right. and wedding reception industry and said, we could translate a lot of these to these celebrations of life because they're both celebrations. And that's kind of where we're at with funerals right now. That's right. There's no wrong way to do it. If you are still into an open casket and that traditional funeral service, there are certainly um, businesses that can accommodate that. And we're not going to yuck anyone's yum even in death. No, we're not, unless unless you fall for number 18, 
which is to host icebreaker games, which it doesn't matter whether it's a corporate function, a wedding, or a funeral. Icebreaker games are horrible yeah, to true. everybody across the board. Just yeah. don't do that. No we'll one wants you to for go that. out like that. Yeah. Uh, well, ch- since Chuck said we'll judge you for that, that means that short stuff is done and short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.